finding an apartment in New York City is like trying to join the Rockets. It's like trying to get into West Point. You need to run there with cash. You need to like sacrifice a lamb, give them your first child. Welcome back to The Observation. The Observation is powered by Cash App. When personal finance meets your funds and the stuff that matters, that's money, that's Cash App. Download the app, buy Bitcoin, not financial advice. Is Bitcoin still at 30K? Where are we at? I think we are. Just holding. Um, okay, we have a really good show today. A lot of life updates. Um, excited to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about NFT NYC, the Dick Butts Banya epic. Uh, and just overall NFT NYC events. Going to talk about some personal life updates, uh, the SEC um, grilling Gary Gensler and trying to find a new apartment in New York City, which has been my personal hell. So let's get into it. So I got back from South Africa and I just want another life update. I got bangs. They're not full bangs. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're just listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, but these these bangs are like curtain bangs. And if you know me, like I don't take risks with my hair. And so what happened was I just went into a random uh, salon in Cape Town and had to close my eyes as they cut the smallest layer of <laughs> into my hair. But it was a big step for me. So I'm just taking risks, guys. Um, but I feel like bangs gives you a different attitude and style. And I feel like I'm just embracing that era. So that was fun. Flew back uh, to New York on a 16-hour economy seat. This is a bear market, man. Can't be, can't be you know, putting out money for anything like business because it is so expensive. And there's only uh, like three nonstop flights from Newark to Cape Town and vice versa per week. And this is pretty much a new flight. So I flew, to, I flew on it and I flew United and it was, honestly, I, I, was, I thought that I was not gonna make through this. I uh, went to a pharmacy before and I got, the drugs they put like sleeping medicine into this little cage that I had to bring up to the like register and prove that I don't they, I don't even know how they wrote me a script honestly I don't I don't have any proof that I needed it they just gave it to me and I and I got sleeping medicine but I did not need it and I basically slept seven hours woke up halfway through you know somewhere in the Atlantic because this is just all over the ocean the entire time and I was cruising. Then I slept four more hours and I only was awake two hours at the 16 hour flight. I, I'm super happy with it. So uh, that was cool. Then I got back in the same day. I attended a few NFT NYC uh, events. I went to the NFT Now 100 Gala, which was in the Rainbow Room. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I also went to GQ, but the best event that I went to during the entire conference was dick butts. I've talked about crypto dick butts before. I'm bringing it back. 1D equals 1B. What is it? Crypto dick butts is a NFT project, uh, but it's more than that. It is a group of people that believe in the power of math and they get together uh, pretty much annually during NFT NYC to host a event. And I've been a part of this community for about a year. And shout out to Melton Demores, Pierre Granoff, and Alex Edelman for putting on such a banger event. They, 
I don't even know how much I can dox of this because like they keep it super under wraps until it's announced. But there was a Banya. This was my first Banya ever, uh, where it's just like a, like a Russian bathhouse that you go into. Um, and of course, in true Meltem style, she had an opera prepared. She had people dancing. They baptized Nick Carter at one point. People were, and Dan Held, people were passing out uh, just because it was such a moving event. Um, and then there was schwitzing. And this was my first schwitz. What's a schwitz? It's just like a sweat, a Russian sweat. There was caviar. There was vodka. There was champagne. There was just like different uh, cold plunges, uh, saunas, steam rooms, all kinds of stuff. And you want to talk about community in this space in Web3? Crypto Dicks Butts has community. I don't want to hear anything from any project touting community until you get people together. There's baptisms, you're having caviar, people are passing out, and you're schwitzing together. That, that really brings people together. <laughs> Sometimes I can't take myself seriously what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, but honestly, it was like a really good event. And um, I just want to shout out to the team that put it on. Shout out to Melton, Pierre, and Alex, because that it was moving. And I'm always like, how are they going to top it next year? Because even the year before was like um, sort of like a masquerade event. And I just never know how they're going to top it. But, you know, I bet they will. I'll, they'll figure out a way. Um, okay, so went to NFT Now. Um, and NFT Now celebrates... Uh, annually in the Rainbow Room, which is very cool. Rainbow Room is the top of the rock. Um, if you've never been there, I've actually only been there because of NFT Now. And uh, it's the biggest influencers, creators, artists, all kinds of stuff, builders um, who are doing really, really great things in the NFT space. Um, and frankly, I kind of showed up a little jet lagged. Uh, I did make it. Um, and didn't know that there was some controversy happening this week with uh, the NFT 100 list. So, and I didn't actually know until like Sunday. I've, that's how much under a rock I've been, um, just because I think the time difference in, in South Africa. But basically what happened was, is um, there was a free mint by the creator of Dogecoin, Billy, who was promoting this, like again, free mint for Blocky Do Doge. Is that how you say it? Blocky Doge three. So like he created Dogecoin. It's a it's like a pixelated Doge mint, and people could just basically go on there for free and mint these NFTs of like a Shiba Inu. So this happened. Uh, Billy had hired uh, Nicole Benham as a like marketing partner for this collection, and. Pretty soon after uh, this Twitter spaces that she hosted, she dumped about 220 of the 250 blocky Doge 3 NFTs that she owned. And this was all from data from OpenSea um, and the collection's average price lost half of its value in 24 hours. Um, so people, there's a ton of people in the crypto space that are tracking wallets all the time. So people obviously saw this happen. It was linked to a public wallet of Nicole Benham's and um, people were pissed. And she was actually at the event because I saw her in the bathroom. She's one of the first people I saw when I got there um, at the NFT gala. And she was removed from the NFT Now 100 list. 
And I think what this ended up to be in profit for Nicole was around $30,000. It's not nothing. It's not also like the craziest steal I've seen in this space, obviously, or rug. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, and people, I initially, when I heard about this, I actually didn't care. And it's not that I don't care about like building a community and not doing it wrong by anyone. I just personally was like, people do this a lot in this space, a lot. And there's a lot of people on that NFT now 100 list who have done this. And I just feel like the, my, like the knee jerk reaction to move Nicole from this list felt very premature. It felt like it happened basically the day that the gala happened, like there was pressure to do something. And I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of people, we're not going to name names, but that do this through private wallets. And it's like this like best kept secret, like hidden secret that people do this, but like it's not public. So it's okay that they do it. And then when you kind of call out one person, I kind of think it's a slippery slope that you have to call out a bunch of other people. Like I, I would go through that entire 100 list and look through every single person, uh, look at their wallets, like look at their tweets, go into their backgrounds and see if they should be removed. It just, it's, it's interesting to me, um, the flack that women get in this space sometimes. I'm not saying what Nicole did was totally kosher. I'm just saying that sometimes I think there's almost this overreaction to women. And uh, I'm, I'm a friend of Nicole's and, you know, I, I don't know if I totally agree on how everything came to be. That said, I love that there is a meme. The meme of her statement is very funny. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm her friend. I just think that I wanted to address this because there, there's some drama obviously happening in crypto right now. And um, it's something to talk about. And this definitely intersects with crypto and culture. So those are my thoughts. And then in terms of conferences, I will be at Consensus. I will be at Bitcoin Builders on May 17th speaking there. Uh, also be speaking at Consensus on a panel, and then I will be in Bitcoin Miami from May 18th to the 20th. So uh, conference season is in, you know, full gear. Finding an apartment in New York City is like trying to join the Rockets. It's like trying to get into West Point. You need to run there with cash. You need to like sacrifice a lamb, give them your first child. Like, I don't even know. And then I, I just... I've tried so hard. I think I talked about on this show the time I tried to get the carriage house and it didn't work out was one of my dream apartments. I found a gem in the West Village recently, had beautiful sunlight, south facing, windows in every single room, hardwood floors, high ceilings. You know, it was one of those places where, I, oh, and a built-in bookshelf. It was just beautiful. And they were looking at me for the main, you know, as the main applicant. And I thought I had turned in all of my forms through their website. And apparently I didn't hit like this finish button. I had most of my forms updated. It didn't upload the rest of them. And then they probably gave it to someone else because they didn't upload in time. And I was just heartbroken because it is, it is so hard. I probably went to like 10 to 15 different open houses this weekend looking at new apartments. And I just want to tell people, like, if you want to move to New York City and you're and you're watching this, I just don't even know how someone not in the city does it because I can't do it in the city. I don't even I don't know how I, I'm truly like I don't understand. Uh, I went around to these places and you have to 
check out the vibes. I really stand by that. If the vibes are off in a place and you feel it, you just can't move in there. And I hate that I've said that in that, <laughs> in that way, but it, it's true. Like I went into this one that was very modernized and it felt like the weight of the whole building was just like crushing on you. I don't even know how to explain why it felt bad, but you couldn't get that from a picture. And I went to a bunch of other ones, ones with lofts, like all kinds of stuff. And this one was just airy. It was light. It was beautiful. And then, you know, I went to go see it a second time just to kind of like make them feel like I, I was really interested. And on my way out, this wonderful guy named Howard goes, by the way, there's also a 15% broker fee. Okay, I've been living in New York for seven years. I still have not gotten an apartment by myself yet. I know, it's shocking. It's actually my biggest, it, it stresses me out the, the most out of anything. I don't know why. I feel like it's never gonna happen for me. I, I don't know why I can't get an apartment. And it, I, I, it's, a, it's baffling. Anyway, so he tells me it's like a 15% broker fee. I do the math on this. $8,000 up front for this apartment, this little apartment. It's like a, just a one bedroom. There's, I mean, it's just no frills, like super chill. It's beautiful, but like, it's not anything. And I'm just like, this is a, this is a fucking scam. This is like highway robbery. How are these realtors getting away with this? It's not even that it's not even, I'm not even purchasing this. It's just a rental. Like, has everyone been operating this way? And then I went through street easy and it's like 50 50 some have no fee some have fees um so this is my this is my rant and public plea that if anyone has any leads um i i have a little bit of a criteria of things that i'm looking for um preferably in the west village where i already am south facing preferably a fireplace working or non-working i think it just adds to the room uh, no brick, cannot do any brick in the place. It, brick really bothers me. I know some tech bros love that, but I cannot. Um, and just a lo lots of light and windows. So if there's any one bedrooms out there and anyone wants to, to help a sister out, I would really appreciate it because I can't find an apartment and I'm actually about to go find, like look at a few apartments after the show. So speaking of just robbery, tax day was yesterday. Um, I didn't file my taxes on time. No shock. Uh, <laughs> had to get an extension. Um, every time tax day rolls around, I feel like I get the feelings of like the Boston Tea Party, you know, no taxation without representation. Sure, we have representation. If you want to call the congressmen and women that we have representation. Um, but it's just a scam, especially if you live in New York City. And so uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about how inefficient our tax spending is. Um, so <laughs> every year there is 247 billion in taxes wasted. And over the past 20 years, the US has almost inefficiently lost through payment errors 2.4 trillion dollars according to the government accountability office what the hell is even the, the government accountability how can you who's holding them accountable how do we even know this is right but if if that statistic is true that means and this is going to be the wildest statistic so you really have to like close your eyes and, and use this imagery that's equivalent if you lived to 100 25 times 
and for every year lost a billion dollars. Did I get that right, Josh? Is that the right? Josh put that together. <laughs> um, every year. So this is where everything went um, in errors. Uh, in 2022, uh, Medicaid lost out 80.6 billion, Medicare 46.8 billion, the Paycheck Protection Program at 26 or 29 billion, and uh, unemployment insurance at 18.9 billion, and earned income tax at 18.2 billion. I can't, like, the reason why I was like, we need to put a statistic out there is that when things get in the billions, it's honestly, it's its own ballgame. Like, it's totally un incomprehensible. Um, so that's fun. Um, moving into another fun topic. Um, Gary Gensler testified this week um, and just was basically dodging a uh, an absolute roasting from Congressman uh, Patrick McHenry um, at his hearing. And Gensler has been very, if you don't know Gary Gensler, obviously head of the SEC, he is very pro-Bitcoin. He has taught classes at MIT on cryptocurrency. But in the testimony, he said that he has actually never used crypto. So it's really funny that he regulates on that Um because he, he's never actually used it, which he can't in his current position. But while he was at MIT, he never used it, but he taught a class on it. I can't tell if it's bullshit or absolute ignorance, but it got actually pretty uh, heated and he pretty much filibust filibustered on all of his questions. Um, but it, it really got heated on some of the tweets that came out. And uh, Tom Emmer, um, who has been very pro, like let's get some legislation passed, uh, ripped this tweet, and I wanted to read it on the show. Uh, he said, your regulatory style lacks flexibility and nuance, and as a result, you've been an incompetent cop on the beat, doing nothing in protecting everyday Americans and pushing American firms into the hands of the CCP. So, uh, he didn't mince words. And, and to be honest, uh, he's not wrong. And I think we've been super, super soft on our regulators. Um, basically like he, he would, how many questions did they ask him? And he basically couldn't identify if ETH was a security. He just dodged and dodged and dodged. And this is what I really hate when we hold, um, I mean, Gensler isn't an elected official. He's appointed by the president. Everyone in these regulatory bodies are, are appointed positions. And it's like the American people didn't choose for you to be representing us or regulating us. But even when we put you on stand, you literally just dodge questions. So um, yeah, pretty much nothing came from that except for a lot of people getting really, really angry on Twitter. Um, overall, uh, yeah, I mean, I, we'll see what happens. Obviously the SEC has come after Coinbase and Binance and, and a lot of other exchanges, but um, nothing really came out of Gensler except for dodging questions. So we'll see. Thank you for tuning into the observation and we will be back next time. Good luck and Godspeed.